0: All right, everybody. <clears throat> I do. Uh, I do apologize for the delay in these podcasts. It's been a <clears throat> rather um, unusually busy couple of weeks, but uh, we're back. We're going to get back on a regular schedule, but I didn't want to go another week without doing one. So here we are today. Um, <clears throat> a couple of questions. I apologize for my voice in advance. The. Uh, I don't know how it was where you, where you live, but we had the coldest, wettest spring I think since like eighteen seventy something like that this year, and unfortunately, this causes everything to bloom at once. So for the allergy allergy sufferers in New England, it's it's not been a very pleasant spring at all. So um, <clears throat> I'll do the best I can today. So. Um, so people are asking about the volatility in, in Chesapeake and um, I don't think it's, it's when, when you get a stock in the position that Chesapeake is in, you're going to get these wild days. You're going to get rumors, op rumors down and the stock's going to be very volatile. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that any individual day's news, uh, rumor I should say, not actual news but rumor. Um, you know, they can those rumors can be started anywhere, and that will cause, you know, when, when you get a a company in a very difficult position like Chesapeake is, <clears throat> those rumors, whether they're positive or negative, are, are going to have an outside effect on the stock price. So I wouldn't read too much into any of them, um, or any of the price action of the stock, and you know until there's real news attached for it, because it's just, it's you know you, you know people trade in these penny stocks for those. 30-40% swings, which are only, you know, they're not, uh, not a whole lot of the actual um, uh, value of the company is, is significantly moving either way, so, um, so I, I don't, I don't pay too much heat to them. I, I listen to the news and the news flow, I don't let, uh, it, I don't let the stock price really, the stock volatility, I should say, uh, affect a whole lot when we have companies like, and in, Given what's happened the last two or three months, the entire market's been uh, much more volatile than normal um, if you, you know, go back to say, you know, from February to now. So we have to also figure, you know, it, it's like, um, you know, if the market moves up and down one or 2%, you're, you're really small. Nano cap stocks are going to move, you know, 10 to 15% in a day. That's just the math. That's just the way it works. You know, they're always outsized moved in your smaller stocks and uh, any of your stocks that are having difficulties like Chesapeake is that stocks amplified even more, that price action, um, when markets are behaving the way they are. So I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't place too much emphasis or too, I wouldn't uh, be t- too happy or too sad either way when, uh, when the stocks seemingly do that, do something like that, uh, without any significant material news attached to them. Um, South Sea Steeport. Uh, 10, Coma course, are permanently closed. Clearly, it was a dog before freedom never got going. Now, they stuck with a big loan on the property and still in design for whatever the future holds. Not too hype this owner, other than maybe 10 years so from now, something will, will get going. Not too happy about this, other than maybe 10 something will are going. So, there's going to be a lot of retail fallout across a lot of areas, given what's just happened over the last, you know, two and a half months. Um... So, we're going to kind of have to see uh, how, the, how the retail landscape emerges. Um, it, uh, yeah, Cosa was an odd concept, didn't work. I do believe, and based on what I've heard, I think this to be true, that you're going to see a significant change of direction in the seaport um, regarding the retailers. You know, some of the retailers were... Um, not well known to the masses, more extremely high end um, retailers, and I, <clears throat> I don't think that necessarily jived with the um, type of shopper going down there uh, to to the seaport to watch a concert on the roof or you know events on the roof at the the seaport or going to the museums or just going down to be by the water and hang out. I think more of a mass brand appealing type retailer would do much better there and bring more people down there. So I'm pretty sure you're going to see a significant change of direction when it comes to that kind of thing with the retailers that are down there. Um, You know know this um, what's her name from uh, Sex in the City has a shop opening up there Uh, Sarah, Jessica Parker and I think you're going to see more of that kind of stuff versus uh, European retailers that are Known to a small percentage of the population selling, you know, $10,000 chairs kind of thing. So I I do think that'll change. I mean, I here, bottom line is the company has an amazing set of assets. They're doing a very good job developing them. The seaport is unfortunately for them their most uh, high profile project and has been the single most difficult project they've had. And if you look across the spectrum from, you know, Columbia, Kauai, Vegas, Houston assets, I mean, it's just been, you know, balls to the wall, straight out, very few problems with local developers, very few problems with neighborhoods, just, you know, building as fast as they can build. Um, You know, the Hawaii Towers, they can't build them fast enough. And they build one and, you know, before they even build it, it's 50 to 60% sold out. And then before it's completed, it's almost 90% sold out. That's tower after tower. And they're on tower seven now, I believe. <clears throat> so, uh, New York's been the one problem. The seaport's been an albatross since they started it. Uh, they're doing their best to to do it, but unfortunately, it's the face of the company with investors, being its location. Uh, you know, if 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 you swapped Wall Street for Hawaii and they were located down by uh, Ward Village, I think you'd have a very different outlook on the stock. But it is what it is. So until they get the seaport straightened out, until the seaport is <clears throat> producing the amount of uh, NOI and, and earnings that it is able to produce, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a black eye in the company and they need to fix that. So and, um, I think, uh, you know, we got to give the new guy time. He, he kind of took over and walked into, a, you know, quite possibly the worst case scenario, right, with everything being shut down and then now you have the riots and, new york city seems to be the epicenter of those riots right now and uh you know it's it's i i gotta you gotta kind of feel for the guy so uh but what he's done so far you know the cost-cutting program that they initiated some of the focus on other the type of developments that bring them the most income you know and, and jettisoning some assets that are just low return on equity for them um or re- return on roi return investment for them i think it's a good idea so i don't have any problems with the moves he's made I think we need to, you know, give them some time to um, operate the seaport under quote-unquote normal conditions to see what they're going to do with it. So, um, given the large possible volatility or binary outcome for some stocks, such as CHK, FAS, TNA, is it a good idea to long option straddle or buy calls and push a different strike price depending on this kind of option premium? So, I'm not going to have any comment on that for this because... Um, it's out of a lot of people's knowledge base and I don't without going into a lot of detail on what's involved in doing this I don't want people trying this or trying something like this given the volatility of the market and uh, not doing it right or doing something wrong leaving themselves exposed to huge risk and have the market start whipsawing around again and just have people get crushed so um, those are complicated option strategies um for people i you know i, I so if, if that's something you do and you can take advantage of market volatility doing that by all means go for it but that's not something that we would recommend i bought some you know in back in march when the market went crazy i spent a small amount of money and i talked about it for buying the uh triple leverage bullish op, double i'm sorry double leverage bullish options on the nasdaq and the s p um Simply with money, I could stand to lose 100% of it. If you're going to buy those leveraged options, that's the way you have to look at it. Um, If this money evaporates, does it negatively affect my life? If it doesn't, um, then I will do it. And if it works out, I make a boatload of money and I'm very happy. If it doesn't, well, uh, my life doesn't change too much. So that's the way I look at those kind of things. And to date, those have been very profitable. Uh, But, you know, the market drops a couple thousand points in the next day or so. That changes pretty quick. So... Um, That's all I'm going to have to say on those options um, regarding trying to trade them for the market. Um, You know, I I bought the September options in March, so I wasn't trading short-term volatility. I was looking at a rebound in the market over the next four or five months, which I was highly confident was going to happen. And so far, it's played out. We'll see what happens as the summer goes on, but that's how we are right now. Uh, What are the chances of Congress and Senate pass another round of stimulus? I think it's high. Um... You know, I, I know there's another one already brewing in Congress. I have extreme mixed feelings on it. Um, you know, I said back in March when these lockdowns started that it was only a matter of time before we saw large-scale civil unrest, and um, unfortunately, that has played out. Um, you can't lock people away for months at a time you basically create the conditions something happens that lights a spark and and nationwide things become unraveled and that's exactly what happened and um you know right now i i know multiple business owners who want to open back up but can't because their workers are making more money on unemployment right now they're collecting their unemployment check plus they're getting an extra five to six hundred bucks a week from the federal government businesses are trying to but they can't open so you know i'm very torn as far as um you know there are clearly some people who have lost their jobs and need this but there are a lot of people who are just refusing to come back to work uh, because they're making more money and that's that's not a scenario that is successful long-term. We've seen those types of things fail in country after country after country through history. Um, it has to end. You can't have 50 million people living off the government or 100 million people living off the government with nothing to do on their hands because, you know, well, we've kind of seen what happens. So, uh, And I'm not talking about... Um, peaceful protesters who were protesting what happened talking about the people who decided to use the unfortunate events that happened to steal, you know, which accomplishes nothing, which history has also shown works against the cause you are allegedly quote-unquote fighting for or quote-unquote protesting about. Um, When your protests dissolve into destruction and death, um, the... Parts of the voting public who are repulsed by violence from either side turn against you. You know, I, I have always had a theory that, and this is a little off track, but whatever. You know, you have your left and your right political parties, and I think uh, 40% of the left and 40% of the right, no matter what you say or do, you will ever never change their minds. They are never going to change their minds. They're going to believe they're going to vote who they're going to vote for. You can run a ham sandwich. In a turkey sandwich, as a Republican Democrat in election, some forty percent of the people would vote for that. No matter who you put up, no matter what policies they espouse, they will agree. If the party flip flops on their part on their, their their um ideals and their beliefs, then so will these people. That's just the way it is. And then the middle ten to twenty percent actually decides every election and actually decides the <clears throat> um, um, the direction the country starts to head in because they um, aren't beholden to any party or ideology and they tend to vote um, independently of what the, both parties are espousing they vote for the candidates that um, most closely represent what they feel and they'll flip flop about from back party so with that being said you know the the far ends of each party are going to think what they think about these, riots and protests in the middle 10 to 20% of the country is actually going to decide where we go, um, by who they vote with. And, um, history has shown us that when you have large scale disruptions and large scale social and civil unrest due to whatever event, um, countries tend to go to a more law and order. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's food, water, and safety. Or people When fun- you when you boil life down, right, it's food, it's shelter, it's safety. Those are the three common things that all human beings have in common. And, you know, you have the vast majority of the country was not involved in protests, was not involved in riots, um, but a significant part of it was made to feel very, very afraid and very, very scared. And uh, history has shown us, if you go back, you know, Look at past nineteen sixty eight. Uh, you had the unrest with Iran Iraq in Jimmy Carter's era. Um, the countries tend to tend to turn towards the law and order um, candidate, whoever. And I don't know if that's going to be Trump or Biden. Um, what we're going to see, um, but the um, the politicians who seem to seemingly allow this type of behavior um, tend not to stay in office very long, or if not allow it acquiesce to it, accept it, tolerate it, excuse it, whatever word you want to use. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this November. We'll see where the country is in July, August, September, and October. Uh, but I, there was a fascinating article in the journal over the weekend about it. And I read another one somewhere that, and these were not, you know, this was not the uh, New Republic magazine. This was, you know, these were Vox. These were, these were left-leaning publications I read it in. And I think it was written as more of a warning to those um using these events that happened to their advantage simply to steal and destroy things without any real care for, um, you know, the the events that happened or the people they were stealing from or uh, the people that they were, you know, just pictures of, you know, rioters hitting people with two by fours, you know, shop owners trying to defend their shops, getting beaten by two by fours and hit with rocks. Um, That, you know, that repulses that middle part of the country that goes back and forth from candidate to candidate. So, um, kind of a segue, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, so that's a long winded way of saying that people need to go back to work. You know, people need to have something to do on Monday morning. Um, and they need to be, um, positive participants in society. And when you're paying them to sit around and do nothing, um, it, it takes away some incentives on behavior. So we'll see what happens, but that's my thought on it. Um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be another on stimulus coming for businesses. Um, we'll see what happens. And, you know, there's, I, I can't even imagine being a small business owner right now in some of these cities. Um, you know, you're shut down for, you know, March, April, May you open back up. And a week later there's riots and your shop's destroyed. Um, The economic carnage in the small business community that's going to be caused by these shutdowns, I think, is going to last for a long time. And um, and I've said this all along and I still believe it. The negative effects of the shutdowns will be multiples of what negative effects we would have felt if we hadn't shut it down. It really it's going to be long-lasting and affect a lot of people and the unfortunate thing is like always it will affect the most vulnerable parts of our populations that's just how it goes when you um, disrupt economic activity the people who suffer first are the people you know working for 10 to 15 to 20 bucks an hour the hourly employees being paid by small businesses they're the first ones affected the first ones let go those businesses don't have billions of dollars in the banks or asset access to billions of dollars of credit line, like large businesses, those businesses eventually fold and we're already seeing them fold. And now when you couple that with paying people more than they are making on their job to stay at home on their couch, then you also have another a problem with now these people when they want to open can't because they can't find workers. And if it's a trade that involves skilled workers, the problem's even harder. You know, you're not hiring a clerk on the place to stand behind a register. Some of these are skilled workers that can't get back. Just talk to your local businesses. Talk to people you know. It's not located in Massachusetts. This is a national problem right now. As the country opens up, employers are having a very, very hard time finding people to come back to work. So, you know, that's kind of where we are. Uh, Regarding GFCs. um, At the end of the day, I'm less concerned with any future plans for the GSEs than I am with getting them out of conservatorship. I think that the eventual plan they come out, it hasn't been announced yet, so we don't know what it's going to look like. That is secondary for me to ending the conservatorship. Let's stop the net worth sweep. Let's bring these back to the public market. That's step one. Worrying about the stock price, post-conservatorship, when we don't even know what the release plan is going to look like, it is is, is, a, is 100% pure guessing game. So I'm purely, I'm purely focused on the timeline of them coming to market to raise capital. To them saying, the, we're going to end the net worth sweep, Q2, Q3, beginning at Q4 2020, and just really start the process of getting us out of conservatorship. For me, and for the junior preferreds, or, or settlement with shareholders also, I should add. So for the junior preferreds and for me, that's really, that's the events right now. Now, if you're a common shareholder, then obviously you're looking down the road a little more. What does that recap plan look like? How diluted am I going to be? What's the dilution going to look like? Da da, da, da. GOC preferred shareholders is more like, uh, you know, what are we going to get in our par? What are we going to take to settle our lawsuits? You know, we need another victory in in some of these lawsuits to keep going, to put pressure on the government to settle on more advantageous terms. That's all I'm really looking at right now. When the recap plan comes out, then I'll take a look at it. But right now, if you're, and I've said this for six, eight months, maybe a year or two now, you know, anyone saying that the common is worth X when it comes out is, is, it's an, Complete and utter guessing game because no one knows the plan. We can speculate based on, you know, past plans our hints and stuff. People have come out or what we'd love to see happen or what's feasible and all that's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're kind of, it's the government. So there's no history for this right now. We've never gone through this um, with an entity like the GSEs. So whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. It's gonna be very unique to that, so. Um, financial sector is still very depressed, when we'll to come back, good idea to buy a leap call. I mean, so financials are dominant because it, it's interest rates. Interest rates fell, financials fall. It's, it's you know, it's like clockwork. Um, I don't think the banks are gonna get hit nearly as bad as people think they are. I think if you, if you wanna own the banks and all the dividend yields are up nicely, um, they're still going to pay, dividends it's not going to cut them. They're not being really hurt by this um, excessively. Um, I'm sure, though, there'll be a lot of non-cash write-downs of certain assets that'll be written up to subsequent quarters kind of thing. So, you know, we'll see some earnings volatility, but the underlying cash flows of a lot of these big financials aren't going to be crushed. Um, you know, it's the government putting up this money that's, you know, keeping spending going. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But I, I'm not... I'm not concerned about BAC at all. Um, you know, if you want to buy a LEAP call two or three years in Bank of America, that's valuable. I think I'd rather own the equity at these prices, actually, and collect the dividends and the growing dividend over the next couple of years. Um, that's where I am with that, but I don't. You know, I couldn't look at you saying if you found a attractively priced LEAP, which is a long-term, you know, call option if, you, if you're buying calls on it. Um, I couldn't say that's a bad idea. Possibility of next coronavirus relief though We talked about that. Infrastructure plan, how to play with them. I mean, I love, if one thing that we've proven is that, uh, you know, KMI and, and Williams had very, very strong results. And their cash flows were barely affected by the events of the shutdown and this. So at the end of the day, natural, ga- natural gas is a necessity for the U.S. and the globe. And KMI and Williams together touch about 70% of all the natural gas in the U.S., whether it's being consumed here or flowing through their pipelines to the coast to be converted to LNG to be shipped out to foreign nations. So I'm very happy owning those two and having them have to build up their infrastructure to to meet demand um, for quite a long time, especially now. Even if you just bought it now, I think... I think Williams is a 7.5%... I'm sorry, Kinder Morgan's seven, 7, 7.5% dividend, and Williams is even higher. And they're both growing the dividends. I mean, if you could snag that... I mean, you could have snagged 10, 12% back in March, but you can snag 7.5% growing dividend. I mean, that's... That's that's just a fantastic thing. So, um, you know, the stock prices will hit like everything was, but results weren't. And at the end of the day... Long-term results win over short-term stock price fluctuations. So, you know when you have a stock that gets killed and its results barely budge, um, and you like the company and like its prospects, that's when you buy. And that's exactly what we did with both Kinder Morgan and Williams back in March, um, when the stock prices were down <laughs> I and mean, literally dropped fifty percent, fifty percent in in a week. So, um, so that's where we were with that um ch key bond you know some of the c it, it at this point in time with chesapeake and you know i'd rather buy some of the bonds at two or three cents on the dollar than the stock um you have some security with the bonds probably not a whole lot more but your upside is uh is stunning if um you know they get their they get their stuff worked out so i think there's you know significant upside to those though so um, based on the recent treasury reddit with Fannie Mae what do you see as timing of release and loan I think right now honestly with um, honestly um, with uh, what's going on I, I I think it's just pure guesswork right now I think we we really need to see um, the country open back up significantly before we start putting exact time frames on things like that it's everything's kind of up in the air I'm sure The events of this past week have not helped um, what's going on. So it's, you know, we're really going to wait and see. You know, as I look across the portfolio, um, you know, we don't thankfully have a lot of retail stocks, um, which are just getting crushed across the board. And, you know, restaurants and, and, you know, it's just, it's a tough, there's going to be a few major winners. And it seems like it's Amazon, Target, and Walmart are the big winners. and a lot of the restaurant chains, I think, are going to be very difficult and face even, even some of the big national ones. Uh, uh, you know, they can't survive on 25% occupancy. Uh, in and then you know, again, that goes state by state, depending which state. So it's you know, those stocks, you know, now as we as Q2 and Q3 results come out, some of those stocks might be decimated, but the survivors could be incredible value. Um, you know, as we open up, as results return to normal. You know, depending on what happens in some of those stocks in the retail space and the food services space and things like that, um, there may end up being some really, really profound value opportunities there. But I don't think we're there yet. I think that um, we need to see the magnitude of some of the destruction. And, And I do believe, you know, we've already seen a lot of regular retailers go under, but I haven't seen too many restaurant chains go under yet. Um, And I'm sure there's going to be a few that just can't make it, Um, you know, and even, and even there, you know, if you look forward, some of those plays, you know, in, in bankruptcy may end up being significant opportunities also, you know, we'll have to see. But I think there's, there's some, for certain sectors, I think things are going to get bad down the road, you know, you know, they'll bail out the airlines and the automakers and things like that, but they're not going to bail out crate and barrel or Pier One Imports, or any anyone else is going under. So, um, you know, there might be some opportunities there. We'll have to keep an eye on that, but we need to see how things um, sort of settle first, because you know, this is the one unique part about this is is no investor that you're looking at right now has been through something like this. There's so not a single investor alive who's gone through something like this in their investing a lifetime. So. You know, no one has a historical advantage of knowing more than anyone else right now uh, when it comes to investing here. So it's, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking at buying what I know really well and at good prices. And um, sorry, um, just kind of looking and sitting back and I think patience right now is, you know, uh, yeah, I think patience right now is the way to go. I don't want to start jumping into things until, you know, Q2 is going to be the kitchen sink quarter for a lot of companies. Um, you know, in April and May, they were closed. June, they're opening back up. So you're really only going to have one partial month of operations. So, um, you know, and even those operations are going to be depressed a lot of places. So I think... You know, when those earnings start rolling in or those earning warnings start rolling in, I think that's when you start seeing some some values open up. So I'm, I'm not ready to jump in with both feet in some of these companies yet. I want to sit back and see how this unveils and how this happens and how the openings go, right? It, it, you know, you don't want to jump into a retail stock that looks cheap right now to have them turn around and close shit down again in, in another month, right? Or another two weeks. So I think patience. I, I'd rather miss some games right now uh, then jump in really early, see another shutdown through the end of August, in which case things start getting seriously bad at that point, point. Um, and a lot of stocks could just get decimated just in the retail and food service spaces. You know, I, don't, I don't look at a company like Apple at any kind of risk. I don't look at energy companies. You know, we still need natural gas. The oil companies get hit because obviously oil use is down. But Kinder Morgan and Williams are primarily natural gas shippers oil is a small part of their operations, so, you know, I like that, Um, you know, Howard Hughes is still building homes in Vegas, still building homes in Houston, still building, you know, development, so, um, you know, I I like the portfolio, it's not to say it's not going to get hit, but I'd be comfortable adding to some of those names in certain situations, Um, versus jumping in uh, an apparel retailer or a a restaurant company right now that I'm not sure really is going to be open in July or August, and we'll have to see what happens from then, so. So that's really where we are right now, uh, that's where my thought process is, this is going to be a fluid situation, we're going to have to, you know, go, you know, I don't want to say week by week, there's such short term thinking, but really month by month and kind of see where things are going, you know, there's been a heavy rebound in economic activity, we're still not anywhere near where we should be, but it's rebounding quickly. Um, but does it rebound and stall? Then rebound again and stall? How does this look? And we have no guidance to go by at all. There's no historical chart out there that's gonna reflect anything that's just happened. Um, so, you know, we're gonna we're gonna you know, and I want to say make it up as we go along, but that's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to make predictions and look at things and look at data and look at trends and say this is where we think the puck is headed. Um, and, and, and make informed decisions based on that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little more conservative now than I normally am looking for opportunities, but I think a lot of the best opportunities are going to come over this summer. Um, so that's where we are. So anyway, um, I think I've talked long enough. Um, good luck to everyone. Please be safe. Please stay healthy. And, um, please make sure you stay out of the way of bricks, bullets, tear gas, and two by fours that are being tossed around in, and I think almost every state in some place. So, um, you know, so good luck to everybody. And I'll be back um, Friday or this weekend. And, um, you know, hopefully things start to calm down and we start to see somewhat of a return to somewhat of a level of normalcy um, for the rest of this week and the upcoming weeks. And um, and everyone could kind of get back to uh, get back to their lives and get back to doing what they've done and enjoy doing so. um, Good luck everyone.